Glory to Jesus Christ. Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish presents Light of the East, a program revealing how the Eastern Catholic Churches have nourished the Roman Catholic Churches and today's world in profound ways through their histories, traditions, mysteries, and spirituality. Hello, I am Father Thomas J. Loya, pastor of Annunciation of the Mother of God Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois. And this is a story of the Eastern Churches, an inspiring story of faith, courage, intrigue, mystery, spirituality, dissension, and reconciliation. But most of all, this is an expression of a great experience of faith through our unique divine liturgy. Join with me now as we look toward the Light of the East. Light of the East is also supported by Eastern Christian Publications, where you can find the prayers of the Catholic Byzantine Daily Office at ecpubs.com and by easternchristianmedia.com, a broadband network for you to learn more about the Eastern Catholic Churches. That's easternchristianpublications.com. Glory to Jesus Christ. Welcome to Light of the East. I am Father Thomas Loya, your host. Hard to believe that the summer is slipping by, almost done, although there's still some warm weather days ahead of us yet, fortunately. But I imagine many of your children, both young adult children, such as college-age students, and also already elementary students, are already back to school. But before they went back to school, or as they are going back to school, I'm sure there was a lot of preparation for school, for the new school year, the buying of supplies and clothes and so on. Preparation is very much a part of our life, or it ought to be. It is essential. And so it is with our prayer, and in particular, the Eastern Christian prayer. So the question today for our program is, are we beginning to prepare, or are we preparing to begin? The spirituality, and I'm going to use that word, the spirituality of preparation and of beginning, is something that is very characteristic of Eastern Christian prayer. Now, it's not exclusive to Eastern Christian prayer, but it's very characteristic. We even have entire services or rites of preparation, such as before our liturgy. In our basic prayer, though, for any kind of prayer, in particular our liturgical prayer, you know, the public prayer, we always prepare by, first of all, adopting the correct disposition. We wind down and put aside all earthly cares, as we say in the Trubic Hymn in the liturgy.
and we spend some time just in collecting ourselves. And then we begin to say prayers that are specifically designed as prayers of preparation. And in fact, they are oftentimes referred to in the Eastern spirituality as the beginning prayers or the usual beginning. In the Slavonic, they call it the nachalo, nachalo, the usual beginning. And it begins, first of all, the beginning begins, first of all, by the word blessed. Blessed is our God, or blessed is the kingdom of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. So the very, very first thing we do when we prepare to speak to our Lord in prayer, whether private or liturgical, is we proclaim him, his blessedness, his glory. Blessed is the kingdom, or blessed are you, our God, or, or blessed is our God. So the first thing we say is, blessed is our God, always, now, and ever, and forever. Amen. This is what the priest especially will say before he leads any kind of liturgical prayer. Then the next thing that we do in our preparatory style of prayer in the Eastern churches is we pray to the Holy Spirit. We ask the Holy Spirit for help because it is the Holy Spirit that prays within us. It is not so much us who pray. Rather, it's the Holy Spirit that prays within us. And we sing this. Heavenly King, Comforter, Spirit of Truth, you are everywhere present and fill all things. Treasure your blessings and giver of life. Come and dwell within us, cleanse us of all stain, and save our souls, O gracious Lord. And then we honor the Trinity. Holy God, holy and mighty, holy and immortal, have mercy on us. And we do that three times. Again, the Trinity, glory to the Father, to the Son, to the Holy Spirit, now and ever and forever. Amen. And once again, we appeal to the Trinity. Only listen to these words. Most Holy Trinity, have mercy on us. Lord, cleanse us of our sins. Master, forgive our transgressions. Holy One, come to us and heal our infirmities for your name's sake. Now, this prayer to the Holy Spirit, if you listen carefully, refers to three things. Our sins, our transgressions, and our infirmities. In other words, things that are both voluntary and involuntary, effects of original sin. So we praise God, we ask the Holy Spirit to help us to pray, and then the next thing we do is we acknowledge that we need purification, we need God's forgiveness, God's help, because we commit transgressions, we commit sins, and we have infirmities. And these infirmities, although not necessarily our fault, nonetheless come from our general sinfulness. Infirmities, of course, meaning our weaknesses and sin and even death. And so the three things that are wrong with us are put out there in front, and we ask the Holy Spirit to forgive us these things. So again, we're calling upon the Holy Spirit to prepare us to actually pray. In other words, we just don't launch into the give me. A lot of times it happens when we pray. We tend to, when I come to God, as though he's some kind of a vending machine. You know, we're going to get something out of him. Just pull the lever and give me this, God, and give me that. But we don't approach God that way. We don't approach prayer that way, especially if we're approaching it properly. There is a specific preparation. As I mentioned earlier, first of all, a psycho-spiritual one. In other words, where we get ourselves in the mode of prayer, psychologically and spiritually, and then the actual prayers themselves our prayers of preparation. Well, once we've done that, we've proclaimed God is blessed. We have called upon the Holy Spirit. We've acknowledged our sins and why we need the Holy Spirit to help us pray. Then we pray in the words that our Savior gave us, the Our Father. After that, there are prayers again asking for God's mercy. 
Have mercy on us, O God, have mercy on us. Since we have no defense, we sinners offer this supplication to you. Our master, have mercy on us. Lord, have mercy on us, for in you we place our hope. Be not exceedingly angry with us, nor mindful of our transgressions, but look upon us even now with mercy and deliver us from our enemies. For you are our God, and we are your people. We are the work of your hands, and we call upon your name. Now, Notice how often we're begging for God's help and mercy, and still we're just preparing. We're just getting ready to actually submit our requests or to really give God glory. In other words, to pray in the fullest sense. We're doing this, all this preparation. A lot of that preparation has to do with begging for help and for the remission of our sins. In fact, the next prayer is this. We turn to the mother of God and we say to her, Open unto us the doors of mercy, O blessed Theotokos. Let us not perish who put our trust in you, but rather through you be delivered from misfortune, for you are the salvation of all Christians. So again, now we appeal for forgiveness only through the intercession of the mother of God. So we're still in this mode of repentance, of cleaning house. It's a way of making ourselves more receptive. We're getting the junk out of us, getting the stuff out of us that gets in the way of receiving God's grace. It's a way of also presenting us before God in a way that is much more appropriate, much more honest, much more worthy. Then, especially if the prayer is taking place in the church itself, the priest, the person praying, turns to the icon of Christ, which is on the icon screen. That is that structure, like a grand wall with icons on it and three sets of doors that separates the sanctuary from the nave in many Eastern churches. And we turn to that icon and we bow. And we say, we bow before your sacred image, O gracious Lord, and beg forgiveness for our offenses. O Christ our God, for you of your own good will ascended the cross in human nature to deliver from the enemy's bondage those whom you created. Therefore, we gratefully cry out to you by your coming to save the world, O Savior. You have filled all with joy. And then we turn to the icon of the Mother of God, again on the icon screen, but on what's called the north side. Theotokos, fount of mercy, deem us worthy of compassion. Look upon a sinful people and as always show your mercy, your power for placing our trust in you. We cry out to you, rejoice, as once did Gabriel, the commander of angels. Now, this is the, I guess I would call it the standard, or very close to the standard, preparatory prayers to begin to pray. So actually, to answer the question at the beginning of the program, are we beginning to prepare, or are we preparing to begin? We are actually preparing to begin. (laughs) Now, if the priest is praying, he starts out the same way as anyone else with these prayers you just heard. But if he's praying before the icon screen, especially prior to celebrating the divine liturgy, then he prays a particular prayer for himself, which is one of my personal favorites. He says, Lord, stretch forth your hand from the height of your dwelling place and strengthen me for the service I'm about to offer you that I may stand before your awesome altar without condemnation and perform the unbloody sacrifice for yours is the power and forever. Amen. Then the priest will turn towards the people. In other words, his back will be to the icon screen in the sanctuary at this moment. And then he'll bow to the people and he'll say this, I will enter your house. I will bow down before your holy temple in awe. Lead me, O Lord, in your justice because of my enemies direct my way in your sight. No truth can be found in their mouths. Their hearts are vanity. Their throats are gaping graves. With their tongue they flatter. Condemn them, O God. Let them fall in their designs. 
Try them out for their many offenses, for they have defied you. Let all those you protect be glad and rejoice forever, and you shall dwell in them. They who love your name shall rejoice in you, for you will bless the just, O Lord. You crown us with favor as with a shield. Now, it's only after all of this that the priest actually enters into the icon screen and actually for more preparation. (laughs) Yes, these are the preparatory prayers that help us to begin to pray. But there's also other preparations the priest has to vest. And he also has to do what's called a rite of preparation of the gifts, the bread and the wine. So the priest enters the icon screen through what we call the south door. That would be the door on the right facing you as you're looking at the sanctuary. He enters there and he kisses the altar. He reverences the altar. Then he goes into the sacristy to put on his vestments. Now here again is another process of preparation. With each vestment having its own particular prayer relative to that type of vestment. So the priest goes to the vestment closet and he picks out the first item, what's called the stikarion. It's like an alb. And again, it begins the same way as the other prayers. Blessed is our God, always, now, and ever, and forever. And then he puts on the stikarion or the alb. He says, my soul rejoices in the Lord for he has clothed me with a robe of salvation and with a mantle of justice has wrapped me like a bridegroom, adorned with a crown like the bride bedecked with jewels. When we return, we'll talk more about beginning to pray and preparing to begin. I'm Father Thomas Loyal on Light of the East. Light of the East mission is Christianity's reunion. And to tell the story of the Eastern lung of the Catholic Church, we need your support. In order to keep Light of the East on the air, you can make a donation now by going to byzantinecatholic.com. That's byzantinecatholic.com. And then donate securely using any major credit card. With your help, we can keep Light of the East's illumination bright. You are listening to the choirs of Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Church under the direction of Timothy Woods in Homer Glen, Illinois. This is the music you hear on Light of the East and is sung during the Sacred Liturgy at Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish. Order online at byzantinecatholic.com. All we ask is a donation of $15 or more, which includes shipping and handling, to Annunciation Parish for each Theosis CD. Send a check made out to Annunciation Parish at 14610 Wilcook Road. Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. And may God grant you. You're listening to Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. It's no secret that Father Loya and other speakers from the Tabor Life Institute are available to speak at your parish or group on marriage and family topics seen through the lens of St. John Paul II's Theology of the Body. Other topics include Eastern Christian spirituality and the significance of art in the church. The Tabor Life Institute can arrange for marriage encounters, parish missions, and can help your parish facilitate teen faith formation in either English or Spanish. For Father Loya and other speakers, contact the Tabor Life Institute by writing to taborlife at earthlink.net. That's Tabor spelled T-A-B-O-R 
life at earthlink.net. Welcome back to Light of the East. I am Father Thomas Loya, your host. We are beginning to prepare and we are preparing to begin. We're talking about how in the Eastern spirituality, especially in its prayer, the right and order of preparation is very characteristic. We left off talking about the priest having said his preparatory prayers before services, then enters the sanctuary, and then eventually the sacristy begins to put on his vestments, which is also a continued part of this preparation period. He puts on then what's called the epitrachial, or might also be known as the stole among Roman Catholics. And he says, Blessed be God who pours out his grace upon his priest like precious oil upon the head, running down the beard, running upon Aaron's head to the hem of his garment. So you notice how the prayers, which again are paraphrases and quotes right out of Scripture, how these prayers are appropriate to the item that the priest is putting on, the vestment item. As he puts on the epitrachial or the stole, think of that action. Something is starting from his head, going down his neck, and continuing down. And so the prayer says that too. Running down the beard, running down upon Aaron's beard to the hem of his garments. Okay, he's not finished yet. He's got to put on a few more items. He begins then put on a sash or, or a gird, which is called a poyas in the Slavonic. It's something that he puts around his waist, something like a glorified belt. And he says, Blessed be God who girds me with strength and makes my way blameless, making my feet swift as a deer's and setting me upon the high places. Then he puts on a cuff over his hand, his wrist, on each hand and wrist. Your right hand, O Lord, magnificent in power. Your right hand, O Lord, has shattered the enemy. In your great majesty, you overthrew your adversaries. Well, guess which cuff he puts on first. You got it. You were listening. The right one. (laughs) Your right hand, O Lord, is magnificent in power. Then the left hand. Your hands have created me and formed me. Give me understanding that I may learn your commandments. And then finally, he puts on the Philonian, which is in the Western church, it would be known as the chasuble. And he says this, Your priests, O Lord, will be clothed with righteousness, and your saints will rejoice always, now and forever and ever. And then, he's not finished yet, he washes his hands. I will wash my hands among the innocent and go around your altar, O Lord, that I may hear the voice of your praise and recount all your wonders. O Lord, I love the splendor of your house and the place where your glory dwells. Do not sweep away my soul with sinners, nor my life with men of blood, in whose hands are evil plots, whose right hands are filled with bribes. As for me, I walked in my integrity. Redeem me and show me your mercy. I take my stand for integrity. In the assemblies, I will bless you, O Lord. Now he is ready for yet another preparation. (laughs) Before we begin, see, we are preparing to begin. He's going to do what's called a rite of preparation of the gifts. And this occurs on a table, is sometimes referred to as a side altar, but it's really not an altar. It's a table, looks like a small altar. It is to the left or north of the main altar, the altar of sacrifice in the sanctuary. Now, centuries ago, this used to actually be in a whole separate building. Well, in that building, or now on that side table in the sanctuary, the priest begins the rite of preparation of the gifts. And for each gesture, 
for everything he does with each gift, meaning the bread and the wine and the water, he says a prayer. He makes a reference, a remembrance. He cuts up the bread, which comes in a form of a loaf, leavened bread in the form of a loaf in many Eastern churches. He cuts that up into different what we call particles. The main particle is called the host or the lamb. And that's in the center of the bread. And he cuts it out in, in a way that literally excises it from the center of the bread, as though Christ were being born and resurrecting. And in fact, he does say words that denote that. He refers to the bread coming out of the loaf itself by saying this, like a lamb led to slaughter, like a sheep without blemish that is silent before the shearer, he, he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, judgment was taken against him. Who shall declare his generation? His life is taken from the earth. And then that piece of bread, which is going to be what we call the host of the lamb, is set onto a discos. And then at that point, the priest will say, the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world is being offered for the life and salvation of the world. And then he takes the lance or the knife that he's been using to cut the bread, and he actually inscribes a cross in the back of it and then pierces the front side of it, the top side of it with that lance or knife. And he does so on the left side of the surface of the bread, which would be to the right of the bread itself. And that bread represents, as I mentioned, the lamb, in other words, Jesus Christ. And his side is pierced on the cross, so we pierce the right side of the bread, which will become the very body of Christ. So you see what's happening here. Each gesture, which is practical in one sense, it often happens in liturgy. There's practicality mixed with symbolism in the mystical and theology. It all comes together. It's neither just one or the other. It's always both and. Remember, Life is lived, and especially Eastern spirituality is lived in the both and. Something is this and that at the same time, not either or. So it is bread in a very practical process, the bread being cut so that people can actually receive it for Eucharist. But with each action of the cutting and the preparation, there are quotes from Scripture or events that make us mindful of the Scripture. As the priest inserts the lance, the knife into the host, the side of the host, the right side of the host, he says this, one of the soldiers pierced his side with a lance, and immediately there flowed out blood and water, and he who saw it has borne witness, and his witness is true. He takes that prepared host, places it in the middle of the chalice, kind of upper middle, and then he begins to cut the other smaller particles out of the bread that the host came out of. The first particle he cuts is in the shape of a triangle. It's different than the rest. The rest would be cut in the shape of Oh, look, something like a crouton, kind of like cubes. But this one is a triangle. Why is it set apart? Because this one represents someone who was set apart, and that is the Blessed Virgin Mary. And that particle is then set next to the lamb. If you're looking at the discos, it'll be to the left of the lamb, or in other words, to the right of the lamb, if you're looking from the view of the lamb or the bread. Very much the same as the Virgin Mary standing at the cross of her son. And then the priest says this, In honor and memory of our most blessed lady, the Theotokos and ever-Virgin Mary, through whose prayers, O Lord, accept this sacrifice upon your heavenly altar. 
Now, the priest continues then to cut other particles, and they're all, as I mentioned, the same shape, square, something like a crouton, and he places them to the right of the lamb as you're looking at the discos, but he does so in three rows of three, so there's nine, and each row commemorates the different hierarchy of spiritual beings. The first one would be the heavenly powers, the angels, then John the Baptist and the prophets, the apostles, then the fathers of the church, like Basil the Great and John Chrysostom, and then the first martyr, Stephen, and the other deacons, and then what we call venerable and God-fearing fathers, and these are largely monks, such as Anthony, Euthemius, then also holy and charitable wonder workers. Then he commemorates with a particle the ancestors of God, Joachim and Anne. Once he does all nine of those, he begins another row of preparation with the bread beneath, and this row is put beneath the lamb and the other nine particles. It goes horizontally. It's a horizontal line. You put them one after the other in a horizontal line. And these particles, actually there's going to be two rows of them, they commemorate the people who are deceased, especially for whom that liturgy may be offered, and also those who are living, especially those whom the liturgy may be offered for. And then the priest can put his own personal intentions there. So what he does is he takes a particle of the bread and he places it on there as a commemoration, as a remembrance of that person. And all of that will be consecrated in the liturgy during the anaphora, which is the Eucharistic prayer of the liturgy. Well, there's even more yet of this bread of preparation. But we will look at that another time. Thanks for listening. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. To hear Light of the East again, visit ByzantineCatholic.com and click on the Features and Programs tab and on iTunes. Light of the East is produced by ADC Media. Thank you for listening. Next week, we will return to the Light of the East. To learn more about Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish, visit our website, byzantinecatholic.com, where you will also find an archive of all of our programs. In order to continue Light of the East with its mission of Christianity's reunion, we need your support with a donation. Any amount will be a blessing. Please make out a check to Light of the East Radio and send it to Light of the East, 14610 Will Cook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. That's Light of the East, 14610 Wilcook Road, spelled W-I-L-L-C-O-O-K Road, Homer Glen, Illinois. Or donate online on the homepage of ByzantineCatholic.com. From the Light of the East, a new dawn of unity is in sight. God bless you, go with God, and may God grant you many happy years. Oh.